Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thursday morning, February 27th in 2020 on When I Rise. We are in year A of the lectionary, and this is the first Sunday of Lent, the season before we get to Easter. And so on Thursdays, we tend to tackle the New Testament text of the week. And so for year A, the New Testament text is from Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 19. This dovetails quite nicely with our Genesis reading earlier from the week. And so I'll read that passage and provide a couple points of reflection and lead us to a time uh, to pray together this morning. So thanks for making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise to meet God together in a time of prayer. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 19. Therefore, just as sin entered into the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will all those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification in life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man the many would be made righteous. This is the word of God for us. All right, let me provide a couple points of reflection as we look at Romans chapter 5. This is a famous passage, one that shares the logic of the Christian life. But every passage of the Bible, and Romans is included in this, comes with a story. And we got to be reminded of what's the story of the letter to the Romans. Uh, Paul is trying to hatch churches all over the Roman world that bear witness to Jesus and who are diverse churches with Jews and non-Jews. So if you were a Jewish person in Paul's day, there were certain things that you did that were signifiers that you were part of the Jewish family and that you were not apart from the Jewish family. Now, why is that important? It's important because the ancient scriptures said that the family of Abraham was blessed by God and that they were would be on mission with God to bless all the nations. And so it was important to continue to prove that you had citizenship in Israel. Now, there was a small church that was planted in Rome. We believe that to be true. Uh, but we also see in Romans, or sorry, in Acts 17, that Emperor Claudius expelled the Jews from the city of Rome for a time. And so as the Jews left, 
we believe the Gentile Christians stayed, and while they were gone, that church began to take more of a non-Jewish flavor to it. And when they were allowed to come back to the city, they joined that church and they realized that all things had changed. So it, it would be like if you attend a church, like the church that I work at, with like a traditional and a non-traditional you know, contemporary service. It'd be like if all the traditional worshipers left for vacation for a couple months and they came back and like everything has changed, like the organ is gone, there's drums always on the stage and so on and so forth. Like you'd be pretty upset about that. And so Paul is writing uh, to try to address these issues, but also to prove theologically how Jews and non-Jews are together in this one faith in Christ. And so he has to reach back further than Abraham in order to have a declaration and a justification how Jews and non-Jews dwell together in one family. I'm sorry if this is super technical, but this is in the background of all the New Testament. And so we have to keep that in our minds when we read this text. So how does Paul, how does he prove? Like, So I think the Jewish audience among the Jewish Christians are going, yeah, but don't we have a superior story and superior faith because we're in Abraham while these non-Jews are not in Abraham. And so Paul wants to say, even though the law was important, even though what God promised to Abraham was important, God was working in the world before Abraham, before there was a law, before Moses, before Abraham. So he goes all the way back to our first parents, Adam and Eve. He's like, God had a plan from that point. And so Jews and non-Jews are included in the story. However, when he includes Adam, he also has to include the shadow of the story, which is that Adam, as a representative of humanity to God, sinned against God. And so uh, so Paul is, he's, he's clear here. Sin came into all the world, all peoples, Jews and non-Jews together because of our connection to that Adam. But death doesn't reign because what God did in Christ supersedes or superabounds through grace over the desolation that happened through the sin of Adam. And so he says, all the world's infected with a contagion. We're all sinners. But God is rescuing us because what God has done in Christ supersedes that which was broken in the trespass of Adam. And so he has this juxtaposition in this passage that death reigned through one person's act, how much more will grace get the last word in others, in, in all because of what God has done in Christ. And he uses the term justification. It comes up in verse 16, and justification is a big theological idea. It's here in the book of Romans. It's also you know, in the book of Galatians. Cognates of the word are different places in the New Testament. Justification is a law court term. It's the ju- justification is the announcement that someone is in the right. And so how can any of us, Jews, non-Jews, know that we are in the right? And this is the formula that God pronounced that Jesus is in the right. So whether we're Jews or non-Jews, if we're in Christ, God declares that we're in the right because of what Jesus has done. He is the faithful one. And if we're included in him, we are among the faithful. And so as we turn to a time of prayer this morning, I think it's just a prayer of gratitude. Grateful that God's story did not end and it didn't conclude with the world unraveling out of control because of sin. But God has done something unique in the person of Jesus that his suffering and that his sacrificial and atoning death 
allows us to be in Christ. So I want to pray a short prayer this morning. It's a prayer of gratitude that God has allowed us to be justified in Christ, that we are in Christ, we're in God's family, and there's no longer the verdict of sin counted against us because grace superabounds over us for those who are in Christ. So let me pray that prayer of gratitude over our lives this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our hearts are bursting with gratitude because we have come to know and to understand that even though we were faithless, you are faithful. And even though we are wandering away from God, God, in your mercy, you chased us down and you brought us into your family. Jesus, you laid down your life even though you didn't deserve the punishment, the suffering, and the death that you received. You didn't deserve it, but you took it willingly. You absorbed our debt so that we could go free. And so God, we are standing in the midst of amazing grace. Even though the sin of one person infected all of humanity with the contagion of sin, we thank you that God's grace superabounds because of the obedience, because of the gift of the faithful one, Jesus Christ. So God, today, may that change everything about our perspective. If we've been brought into your family, not because of anything that we've done, but because of what you've done for us, may we live with gratitude in our hearts. May we be eager to pardon, eager to forgive, eager to show mercy because you have been so eager to show mercy towards us. So God, fill us with your love once again. Give us a fresh vision of the gospel, which allows us to know that we're forgiven and free. So may we live as free people today. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.